0: This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hello, and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of the Theology Gaming Blog. With me today are three special guests. We have M. Joshua Collar. How you doing?
1: Very good. Good, good evening and good whatever time it is where you are.
0: Uh, Justin Fox. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and Michael Musdavinis.
2: Happy to be here.
0: All right, so let's get right into this. Uh, Josh, take it away, since you seem to be more well-versed in whatever the questions we're going to ask than I actually am.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, th- I want I want this whole podcast to really be all about uh, what we think and about Christian art and games, uh, especially considering the term Christian games doesn't necessarily have the best mind or attitude behind it. Um, and this was ma- made most evident through the um, very well-publicized recent Kickstarter for um Bible Chronicles Call of Abraham in which uh, pretty much every major outlet in the game industry kind of put in their two cents on what they thought about um this Kickstarter game which was based on you're playing as a member of Abraham's caravan and so this this raises a question does a Christian video game have to be directly about bible stories um, is, it, it didn't look very convincing in terms of quality or thoughtfulness in terms of game design
0: um,
1: and, or at least that was the general consensus of what people were, were thinking behind it uh, there's also a couple of other you know, historical video games that people think of when they think of Christian video games like back in the NES days the uh, sub-outletted not officially Nintendo approved um, yeah, semi-illegal Bible Adventures Bible Adventures, um, yeah in which you, th- you could very easily throw baby Moses into the, into the Nile River. For fun. Um, yeah, for fun. Um, <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, but, um, so this, this also brings up a lot of questions. A lot of, because the, the game development tools are becoming a lot more available, um, a lot more people are making games. And I think that's a, a wonderful thing, especially as people who love Jesus are stepping in to weigh in on the matter. Fortunately, um, we've got two guys who are on the podcast right here who have done that. Or are doing that presently, um, and trying to figure out how do we do that. Um, so uh, the first question that I would like to field for the matter is: How would you define uh, Christian art? Um, and we could get we'll get into games more eventually, but more specifically, what comes to mind when you hear the term Christian art?
3: Usually, it's from what I've seen and what I observe. A lot of times, it's very, very literal and net. That- Super creative. It's it's this weird mixture of like being creative and being literal at the same time. It's 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 kind of weird. It's kind of like those um, pictures of I don't know if you people have seen this before or not, but there's a picture of Jesus with like boxing gloves. He's in the ring and he's like <laughs> undefeated or something like that. And it's like and it's done very classical painting style. I'm just kind of like, what is going on right now? And it's, (laughs) it's just confusing and it confuses me, you know, as as an Orthodox Christian, it's confusing me in a number of ways. I'm kind of like, it literally blows my mind. I don't know what, I don't know what to think of him. I really don't. Like, I don't even know that exists in in any kind of context that makes any kind of sense, I'm just very very confused about Christian art. I'm not, not the person to lead off with that.
1: No, that's <laughs> okay. No, that's, that's that's good input, Michael. Uh, what's I, the first thing that comes yeah. to mind when you
3: hear it?
2: No, I, I, I agree. I think it is it is it can be a very confusing landscape. Um, and to me, I, I would point more to the point of it, and you know, to to me, if if anything is going to be Christian. It it should in some way point to Christ on the cross um, and and then resurrected for the for the propitiation of our sins. Um, I think what we can sort of get into is this idea that if we just do anything that's loosely even loosely related to the Bible, we can slap the term Christian on it and then sort of appeal to that demographic in some way. But and you know, at one point, uh, Zach and I had talked about this. But you know, it, the, just simply talking about things that might that might be Christian values doesn't necessarily make it Christian. Um, you know, if, if I write a song and it's and it's about loving my wife, well, all right. Well, the Bible says I need to do that, but does that make it a Christian song? Uh, you know, to me, no, it doesn't. I think to some people would say, no, yeah, it does. I so it can be it can be a bit of a confusing a confusing thing, and and even you know, over the last, uh, you know, month or so as the game that I'm I'm currently working on, the project I'm currently working on, I've actually kind of wondered, you know, should I even be labeling this as a Christian game? I mean, it, it does, to me, it, it is quote-unquote Christian art, but um, do we even really even need, need to label things Christian? I mean, can can we not just do what we do and sort of let the world decide? Yeah, I don't I think
1: I think that's actually a really, really good point and, and a great segue to the other question that I had related to this, which is, do you have any problems with the term Christian as an adjective like calling things Christian which is you know as as you kind of illustrated using a Christian label I,
2: I I'm I'm beginning to yeah I, I mean I'm, I'm sort of evolving into saying yeah I think so um you know I I guess that would I guess the point where I'm at is I think that would probably be for other people to make that decision I think what we, I think the danger we run is when we start thinking well I am going to do a Christian thing it it is all well. What are the other things we do? Are they unChristian? Like yeah. should not everything we do be Christian? I mean, you know, I think that's sort of uh, where I think maybe we, we need to start pushing people towards, or at least you know nudging them along, and to have that sort of mindset where, you know, we we are to emulate Christ. I mean, we, people are supposed to see Christ in us in everything yeah. we do, and so why even label it Christian if that's the only option we've got?
1: If you don't mind, one thing that that really sticks out to me that I think about all the time is is when people say something is Christian. The thing is, I always go straight to like I'm a little bit of a, of a philologist. I love words and I love what they mean. And so, like, I wonder what when people say the term Christian. Of course, this has so much baggage and interpretation to what that even word meet, that word even means. But the word in the traditional uh, first biblical usages of it was. Um, people were calling others Christians because they saw how they were living, and they recognized these are like little Christs, is what it right. directly translates to in Greek. And so when I see that, even if it was intended as kind of a derogatory term, like, hey, look at these little Christs, mm-hmm. um, I think that the, the the point is they weren't – they, they were called that. It wasn't something that they were holding up as like a badge of honor. This is, this is to, a, as a qualifying statement, but that it was something that they were willing to adopt. So when people – ask me if I'm a Christian, I get a little bit uh, maybe philosophical and I'm like, well I, I would hope that you come to that term, but I don't, I don't mm-hmm. mind if you, you know, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and that gets people very confused and I don't try to confuse them, but I try to get them to think about like, if you want to call me, if you want to say that I'm like Jesus, that's a really, really high calling. That's a really huge thing to say about anything. Right. And I wouldn't use that term lightly.
3: That's a great Uh, point. I'm I'm kind of um, on the fence. Well, not on the fence, but I guess the way I look at it is that, um, in terms of the term Christianity and everything, it's like I don't have a problem with it. Like for my development, you know, as as Zach knows, and I guess mm, Joshua knows. um, (laughs) I'm 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 intentionally uh, giving it, putting Christ or Christ-based games for gamers onto it. Uh, I'm experimenting right now with having a new demonstration of it. You know you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know if the terms need to change or the demonstration of representing that needs to change. I'm lean, I'm lean, right now I'm leaning more towards the demonstration of it needs to change, because it's kind of like certain words in the vocabulary in like, lexicon are not going to necessarily disappear. It's kind of like um, I remember one time uh, as African-American or black or a black. Um, <laughs> we um, um Al Shompton had um had this big parade because he was going and he's going to have the big funeral for the N word, for example. Yeah. Now that didn't change anything. Like people are still like, use the word. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. um, it's really impossible to really kind of direct people away from that unless you know you demonstrate a new kind of parts of the culture that are so dominant that that word either go, vanishes or that word, uh, or that language.
1: Takes on new meaning?
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm. Um, there's one thing that I want to I bookend on what Justin was saying there, and I think that what he's really getting after is saying that you, want, you even if you don't necessarily use the, the, the same terminology, or if you can redeem the terminology and still use it, the point is transparency. Like, telling people where you're coming from and not trying to hide the fact that what you're working on has a reflection of your spiritual values uh, right. Going into it, I think that that's important, so that people don't think that that we're trying to sneak something in there or exactly. or, or or give things under false pretenses, hoodwinking.
0: Yeah, hoodwinking. Yeah. yeah, there's an element to that, but I think it has a lot more to do with the fact that, well, for like thousands of years, when people were creating artistic works, they weren't really thinking in terms of whether or not it was Christian. It was just naturally that. Right, because yeah. they were living in Western civilization, which was basically yeah. Christianity from the year three hundred fifteen onward-ish. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so it wasn't there wasn't really a distinction, you know, if you had. Know, that's a really good point. Art, if you had Christ in art, it was art, you know, and if it was any other kind, usually it was it kind of fit into the whole thing because Western civilization and Christianity were much the same thing, but. When we get to the Renaissance and the Enlightenment, things start to change. People are making categories, and that's where you end up with Christian art in specific. In that way, I think that now we have the word Christian art to distinguish it from other kinds of art. And usually it refers specifically to things that have a religious quality or nature. Right. So, yeah, but but it doesn't have to. I mean, it can do it like in Christian movies. A lot of times there's not really a straightforward depiction of the Jesus story, you know, and that sort of thing. Or in Christian games, maybe there's not really a straightforward, literal depiction of biblical events, but they could still fit within that mold. And I think the label Christian just has so much bad baggage from so many bad video games that that's And that's a great segue. And that's why bad video game, bad Christian video games, are maligned more than, let's say, other mediums, like books and movies and music. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and I, th-
1: I, I think that's a really good segue. If you, um, actually, Justin, did you have did you have one, something you wanted to add to that, or is it all right if I jump into the next question, which is...
0: Oh,
3: I'll, I was just, just going to add this to it. Uh, I was just going to say that um, I think that you guys are right. Like, I agree with both sides, you know, really. It's just kind of like, I guess if you wanted to change the definition of it, then you would have to put Christian on there, but at the same time, make it excellent, because that will inspire others. like, okay, if this was made and this was made excellent way, that yeah,
1: that's
3: a really brothers, good point. But brothers, brothers and sisters in Christ to say, okay, I don't have to create in this weird box anymore, and I can yeah. be more creative, and I can and I can be excellent, and I can do these things, and I can think outside the box, and all those type of stuff, you know. But and that's
1: a re- really, really great point. Is that if you're going to put the term Christian on it, it better be excellent, and excellence is probably the most indicative thing of uh, quality art, regardless of whether or not that is expressive of, of faith or not.
2: That that's a Bit of a, it, in, within video games though, it, it, where, and uh, you mentioned how readily available there are the tools are to make video games. Mm-hmm. That's where we kind of run into a little bit of a problem though, because um, what is excellent for you know guy in his garage. Is not excellent compared to Call of Duty, or you know, in terms of of terms of polish and quality and things like that. Money and and yeah, exactly. And so it's it's kind of a it's kind of a tough thing. You know, even looking at that, I mean, interesting. I I hadn't even heard of that Call of Abraham game until you guys had brought it up but i checked it out and um you know i mean on on the one hand it's it, it you know it didn't it didn't look great but then on the other hand it's like well who's who's making it it's a it's, yeah you know it the the, the scope that they were trying that they claim that they were trying to to make it in based on i mean they were they were trying to raise a hundred grand and it's like well you know that's a lot of money but not for a video game that claims to do everything that it, they said it was going to do
3: that's what i think the outrage came from the outrage came from the fact that well not the outrage say that, but i think that what happened to is that because people aren't that ignorant to where you know it's like you say this is going to be a um, big sprawling art uh, action RPG and you look at it and they're like okay, you're saying this is a good, this is a fantastic action RPG and it does not look like a fantastic ar- action RPG, <laughs> then it's kind of like okay, one plus one is not 12, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's where I think that the backlash comes into play when it talks about Christian themed things because it's like okay this is, even if it was a Christian, this is just not made and done well. But yeah. Because I, I have things to reference it from other works, or whether it be art or whatever you know, and it just isn't any good.
2: Right. <laughs> Can you
1: think of two games, or one or two games, that has been made by Christians that you would say is
2: good?
0: That doesn't whiff of insincerity. Or, or,
2: or, is, or, is, in, or is in progress. That like it, are Christian-themed games? Is that, is that the question? Yeah,
0: and that's difficult to nail down, too, because Josh was talking I think that's difficult about, to nail down, but... Um, yeah, Josh, you were talking about... Lily love. looking
1: through? Yeah, um, right? Yeah.
0: You said that they may or may not be Christians, but you can't find out?
1: Well, I, I would put it this way. The people who made the game all go to a church in Michigan, <laughs> and there are very transparent themes of having a redemptive view f- uh, uh, and hope for depressed and despairing world. And it's kind of a known thing that the the guys who worked on who worked on that game came from the the team who made Myst. I'm forgetting their name offhand. But uh, and a lot of uh, Christian themes also were very intentionally a part of, the set, especially the original Myst. But it, but it wasn't like oh hey big Christian game here. But it was something that was subtly suggested. And I don't know because I haven't actually played through those games because I have a, a struggle a little bit when it comes to. <laughs> Uh, point-and-click adventures, especially ones that are a little older in style. If, if I were to answer the question, I, I know I'm answering my own question, but there's a number of things that really come straight at my, out of my mind. And the first one is That Dragon Cancer, which is made by Josh Larson and Ryan Green. And it's they wouldn't go out of their way to say that it's a Christian game, but it's very overtly dealing with the struggles of... um your son being diagnosed with terminal cancer and responding to God and and processing that whole situation in kind of a I don't God what what am I doing here and it's very clearly framed if you watch their trailer that, uh, it's framed through the story of Elijah going up to the mountain and not hearing God in, in the, the the craziness of things but hearing the still small voice um, mm. so it's very transparently being presented through uh, a Christian position. But the media all over the place is eating it up like is like, all right, here's something that we can get behind and back this up as much as possible. Um, and uh, you hear, I, I've heard from tons of non-believing games journalists, like, this is what we're all about because of the fact that it's dealing with uh, very, very down to earth, something that everyone can relate to calamity and, and tragedy and, and, or, or potentially not tragedy. The story's, the story's not ended yet. And the game's you, not out yet. I can't. And, uh, again, it's one of those strange examples where. You know, and, and, and then there's there's folks like like uh, Justin here and you, Michael. You're both working on games that I'm very familiar with, and I think that they're very fascinating um, examples of, of games in development uh, with with Christianity in mind. Um, and then there's others that that there are, that have also been on this podcast before. Like I'm very very excited by Jay, Jay Tholen, who's working on Dropsy. And Dropsy, if you look at it, does not look like a quote-unquote Christian game, and I don't think that Jay would even necessarily call it a Christian game, but when you look at the, the themes of, of rejection and dealing with that and also um, seeing the analog, uh, if you, if you are, are friends with him, you kind of see the analog between Dropsy and him. And he might, and, and and you know, if you're a creator, you know that you can't help but project some of your own your own real world, real world mm. situations into your creations. But I can't, you can't divorce that from the fact that he loves Jesus, and he's completely transparent about that. Even though Dropsy would never say he loves Jesus, I, I do believe. <laughs> That Because he can't talk, of course. But I, I'm just saying, like, these are fascinating examples of people who I know who love Jesus, who are making games and that are doing it very differently. And there's other things that I would love to bring up into the conversation, like El Shaddai, which wasn't made by Christians, but deals with vaguely biblical, biblical imagery and themes, which, you know, is really questionable whether or not, <laughs> how, how you want to classify anything like that. But I'm just saying, like, there's, there's tons of examples that come to my mind, but I've also been researching this, like a goon, um, for the past, like, couple years, um and i've been doing a lot of talking without letting you guys talk so
3: <laughs> yeah uh, uh. Uh.
2: i would i would say that i th- i i believe that there are a lot of people out there that are are working on these that have these ideas and are and are, are actually acting on it that that we don't even know about I, with again to to reiterate the point that the ability to make games is is just it's it's easy now um you know maybe not to make great games or well polished games but to actually make a game or prototype or whatever it's 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 easy to do so i i i do believe that the the research that you've done what you've turned up is indicative of 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 far more than than what we even know about but you know at at the same time i i I guess you know I, i am I am an obsessive gamer. I, I, I play whatever, anything, whatever, all the consoles, anything. I mean, I, I and I always have been, and and, and I love Jesus. Okay, if mm-hmm. I'm honest, I don't wake up in the morning and say, "Well, I wish I could play a game where I'm, you know, I'm an apostle, or I could do the, you know, I mean, I, I don't really pine for that i i I love rpgs i love i love sci-fi i love all that stuff so for me who i you know i think okay well i I think i'm part of the the demographic that i'd be i'd be shooting for at least for a game that i would make that that i would think believers followers of christ would play i'm i'm not thinking okay i'm going to make a game that's set in a biblical world i want to i i would want to play a game that is not set in a biblical world or at least, you know, is in a some sort of alternative world that still incorporates specifically the Bible, not just Bible themes. Specifically, specifically the Bible. And as you said, our, you know, we we project ourselves into the into the games. And the project I'm working on is 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 sort of that.
1: For our listeners' benefit,
2: for anybody who's near, Google what's the name of your game again? It's Heroes of Issachar. We're on we're on Steam Greenlight uh, right now. Um, you'll also find an Uya version out there, although that is very very different than what's the, than what we're doing that that was prototype stuff um, but that yeah I, that I saw that after well. I uh, heard about your your after I saw your Kickstarter um, it was maybe a couple of
1: weeks after that that I saw saw it on OUYA just because I was cruising through the OUYA that we have at work right. and uh, and <laughs> was surprised to see that it was on there
3: <laughs> yeah cruise through OUYA <laughs> <laughs> that should be the next question. How do you cruise through
2: you're <laughs> <laughs> um, But at, at any rate, you know, the, I think as I said before, I, I'm I think I'm more of a fan at this point of of thinking of these projects and saying, you know, do we really even have to label them as Christian when you know we've we have our calling? I mean, if in fact we are we are called as as, as followers of Christ to make video games, follow the call and you know whoever it, whatever audience it is that we are that we are entertaining or that, that we are putting this in front of, you know for, for in some fashion, um, I think of my game and I think, okay, well you know believers will enjoy this because it's got Bible themes, but it's a really, really fun game and, and those two things go together and that's great. But then on the other hand, I think you know through this game. I may be the only Christ this person ever sees. So how can I how can I put how can I deliver this message in a way that is not going to look like I hoodwinked them into playing a game and, and all of a sudden I'm preaching at them. But at the yeah. same time, let them see what Christ looks like. That's what I feel my call is. Somebody else may just be. Making a fun game that they think is fun, and they say, well, you know, I'm, I love Jesus, and I'm going to incorporate that into it, but they don't have an evangelistic uh, approach to it, and that's, and, and that's okay, too. And I, and I, I think maybe where we, where, where we all need to kind of settle is, you know, everybody's got a, a little bit of a different, different call with this stuff. I, the, the, the cancer game, that, that may be more of a pastoral game. Where people play it and they, you know, they say, "Wow, I can, I can, I can relate to that," and this is helping me through a time. And you know, m- maybe nobody will be won to Christ through that, but that that may not be the point of that game. It's still, you know, it still could be classified as Christian, as, as someone from the outside could look at it and say, "Well, that is Christian to, to be pastoral."
3: I th- well, I think this too. I think it's something that um, I, I, I don't know um, who said it because I have a memory span of a goldfish. Um, <laughs> where am I? Okay, now I remember where I am. Okay, cool. So, um, but someone had said that, you know, it's in terms of Christianity what is made Christian is, you know, the message of Christ, you know. So it's kind of like there is that kind of uh, question in the back of anyone's mind who's doing this. is kind of like, well, should I call it Christian if I'm not specifically stating um, or implicitly stating, like, the full gospel?
0: What, right. what is the gospel, first of all? I, I, you know, I, I like when people define their terms. So when <laughs> anybody says, okay, this game represents the gospel or tells you the gospel, what do think you all good... define that as before we move on here? <laughs>
3: uh, let's see here. How to define that without being too prosy? Um, <laughs> <Prozy>. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is comparing someone with perfection, knowing that they are not perfect – well, compared someone to perfection, which is God. Um, them seeing that they are not perfect, and that there is a debt to that God, but that God is so loving and so merciful that he's like, I will pay your debt if you just go through um, my son, who has paid your debt, and following him, then there's no debt. That's kind of the way that I kind of want to put it in, a, not, not so much an eloquent way, but at the same time, you know, a far less prosy way than I normally probably am.
2: So yeah, I, I would I would generally agree. I think the elements and and you know again without outlining each and every one of them, I think the elements that you that you have to have in in any explanation of the gospel would be uh, would be sin that we are sinners. Um, that the price for that is death. Um, right. But 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 that's not a price that we can pay. Our death wouldn't sa- that wouldn't be satisfactory to pay for that. Um, right. But that Christ's death is satisfactory for that. And so and so by. Submitting our our will to Him, so accepting that um, both in in word and in action, we we accept that that gift um, of that payment, and and that's and that's that's how we are saved.
3: Yes, and which actually leads to transformation, which I think is a With element. Yeah. That, that gets left out, not, not in terms of what you're saying and everything, not as you want to hear that, knows that, but I think
2: that a lot of I think of that's critically important, because I think yeah, you, you, yeah. You, you you get to the, you know, you, you leave that out and you get to the, to, the, to the folks that are, say, the simple prayer and you're saved, but then nothing in their life reflects the fact that they are fo- true followers of Christ. Um, yeah. And, breaks and, heart. and so, well, sure, yeah. You know, you, you hear the term believer it's like, well, okay, you you believe that Christ is the Son of God, but Satan believes that too. So, what, where, where does that leave you? Um, right, exactly. You know, exactly. Well, and I, I yeah. would actually,
1: I would actually uh, diverge a little bit from that because um, the first thing when I, I I struggled with this for a while, like because I, I I grew up with a you know get saved emphasis on on things, and so I, when I came to the Bible, I, I got this part where it says in I believe it's Mark one sixteen or one fifteen. It's in it's in Mark one where it says. Jesus went around and when we think of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we think of a lot of things, but it says this was the gospel that Jesus preached. The kingdom of God is now at hand. Repent and believe. And I'm like Yeah. Huh. So I I guess for me after that, like this was this was a little bit of a rabbit trail for me because I really wanted to 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 really kind of understand How do do we go around and say, like, the kingdom of God is now at hand? What does that mean, the kingdom of God? And and is that language perhaps not necessarily uh, relevant in a culture that doesn't have a monarchy, where we don't necessarily use the term kingdom? Like, we don't live in a kingdom. We live live in a United States, you know? Um, Right. for me, the I started really of God or
3: now at hand <laughs> yeah, and that,
1: and that, uh, yeah, that doesn 't necessarily work, so I started to really just get into the parables. so so Jesus, when he tried to explain cause people didn 't understand what he meant by that either, you know and, and a lot of the time and, 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 and i 've changed my my perspective on things because uh, as I dove in into the scriptures because I used to think the kingdom of kingdom of God kingdom of heaven, um, uh, I believe it's mark says uh, kingdom of, of God, and I think that Matthew says kingdom of heaven or one of those are back backwards, but the, the point being that they're, they're, they're the same thing. And when Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, he's, I believe he's talking about everything that God has intended and aspired, and everything that he is. And that's a really big message. That's way bigger. That, that, that just kind of like is so much more than I can wrap my mind around necessarily. So Jesus, when he presented this to people, he used parables. And he would say things like, the kingdom of God is like a pearl merchant who hmm. found – one day he found a pearl and it was so valuable that he sold everything that he had – just so he could get that one pearl, and and of course then he then he doesn't have any money and doesn't have anything in he any sells. He has the one pearl. It was this crazy like, all right, well, so what does that mean? And then he's like, and you can imagine people asking, him, what do you mean by that? And he's like, let me tell you a story about uh, a, a a little bit of leaven that was put into a loaf, <laughs> and, and, and or or let me tell you about the a father who. Uh, a, we call the prodigal son story, but it's actually the prodigal father and the prodigal son. The son is prodigal in his wastefulness, and the father is prodigal in his affection for his kids. Right. And, and so for me, I've, I start to, to to wrap my mind around what is, what is the, the, this message about a daddy who loves his son so much that he defies cultural conventions and runs to them when they are completely covered in pig poop?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and so th- this, this is something that, that's, that's become, for me, like, I guess the first thing that I think of when I think of God is, is and, and this is something that I pray a lot, is the word daddy. And Jesus used the same word, only he mm. used an Ar- the Aramaic version of that, which was Abba. So we don't, you know, in our culture we don't use the word daddy. Uh, praying for, to daddy is a little bit controversial in some churches for some weird reason to me. Um, but Jesus said, prayed the same thing when he said Abba, which was the Aramaic for daddy. Right. Um which is very similar to the, the Arabic uh which is uh Abba or Baba, B A B A.
3: Yeah, and so, a little bit slang there too, yeah. Yeah, certainly. yeah, Yeah, I think that's super important everything that you're saying it's kinda like and that's where um I think uh being intentional about uh our faith also is important. Uh because, you know, it is kinda the thing where, you know, it's like are you trying to sneak in the Christian message, you know, why are you sneaking it in there?
0: You sure, know, why not? Okay.
3: Why, why not respect me enough to for me to be an adult, even though my culture doesn't necessarily respect me as an adult? Because like, you can't talk about that; otherwise, no going to go crazy. I'm like, no, they're not. We're all adults. So let's just talk about it, you <laughs> yeah. know. And it's, to leave it out like that, you know, it's just kind of like, or to just sneak it in there is. I think I don't know if God is pleased with that when we try to It's counter relational. It yeah,
1: it's not good. For yeah, relationships.
3: yeah, and be, that's... yeah. Because I mean, you might say examples of like well, Paul. Well, Paul maybe snuck it in there because, you know, when he was gone in Acts, um,
0: yeah, when he joined
3: the synagogues, he would be there in full Jewish garb and everything. And then when he came to the portion to where after the law and the um, words read and all those type of things, he would, um, you, know, be, you know, is there a word from the Lord, you know, and that kind of thing, you know, a little 10-minute sermon. And he would get up and deliver the gospel, you know. So you might say, you know, well, he snuck it in there too, but I don't think that I was a sneaking in there. I think that was the right place for the right time to deliver that message.
1: Yeah, and I think the context was every time that Paul told the gospel in a, in a synagogue, it was within the framework of the the gospel that's been outlined in in the Tanakh, the the, the Jewish the Jewish
2: text. I have, I have a question that uh, just sort of kind of hit me, though, as, as you talk about, you know, sneaking it in. I, one of the things I thought about um, was uh, I, I read a book review... The book ended up. Be, it was. It had a Christian message, although it wasn't, you know, explicitly Christian. But it did have a Christian message. But it didn't have anything on the book. Nothing. Looking at the book, you wouldn't know that. And the the reviews were universally horrible, saying that it was it was, you know, treacherous that they that, that he snuck this this Christian message into a book that wasn't, you know, it, it, the people remember what book it was. I don't. I, I it oh. was, and it, it was a while ago too. But it just kind of, I just, it stuck with me. Um, huh. beca- you know again cuz we're talking about well do we label it christian and uh, and you know yeah. will do we let them know and and you know we don't want to but here's the thing though you know when we talk about paul you know he was he was preaching you know he was just out. I mean he he made his tents to to make his money and then he would just go preach we are meshing business with you know we may, we're making a game we're presumably trying to make money with it um, yet we're also meshing that and and I, and I and I think about this a lot, actually, and, you know, I think it's Second Corinthians 2 that talks about peddling God's word, and, you know, I mean, are we, are we running the risk of doing that as we continue to expand on this idea of making games, or, or even other Christian art for money? But what do you, I, yeah. I, I don't have the answer, I think about it, though. What do you guys think? I
3: think it has to be a personal thing for why it is that it you're doing it, because, it, it, you know, God's not, like, um, Obviously, he's not somebody who is into rules. He more is puts those statutes in there so that, you know, we don't end up doing something stupid <laughs> more than anything else. So I think that is more discernment on the heart to see whether or not, you know, am I doing this because of I want to in some way expand God's message and that I do need profit in order to further expand God's message? Or am I doing this just for profit? Or am I doing this because, you know, for all these other kind of reasons other than, you know, the the commission that I've been given, you know, by Christ. And it can be kind of like a slippery slope kind of thing, you know, but I've made peace with it just in terms of me personally. Like, my business model is kind of weird because I'm not actually going to be selling my game. I'm going to be selling the subsequent content or additional content that surrounds the game, but I actually won't be selling it because I want to make sure that everyone can see the message. Because my main mm. thing focus was that I really wanted people to... Experience God in a actual game. Same then, kind of Justin. Can you,
1: can you actually explain a lot more? Because I, I think this it's really important. And the one thing that's really important about having you and Michael on this is that you guys can share what is the the games that you're making, and how does that tell the story of, of God? So if you could tell like a little bit more about your game without giving too much away, obviously.
3: Okay. <laughs> no spoilers. No. Uh, so <laughs> the game is about four warriors. Well, actually, it's about to tell you what it is in terms of genre-wise. It's a hip-hop, hand-drawn, 2D, old-school Christian RPG (laughs) is what it is. So, so, it's this weird, like, hybrid thing. And
1: Which hasn't story, been before.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's worth noting that
1: there aren't any other Christian hip-hop Japanese-style RPGs. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> so, okay, I haven't played this before, so let's play it. So, um, but, um, it's... The story is basically about uh, four warriors who are trying to get this, this key that's supposed to end all evil because they all been traumatized in different ways. Evil things were done, and they're trying to get this key that is supposed to be able to end all evil in the world. Just stop it dead. But the problem is is that it's attached to um, the king, whose name is Shaddai, and he's like ridiculously overpowered. So you actually have to essentially get these shards of, I guess you would call it the, the equivalent of Satan. You had to, call, you had to like, collect those shards of this sword that he had um, in order to take down the King Shaddai in order to um, get this key that, he, that he's guarding. And yeah. so you basically are a conqueror that's been, deeply traumatized. And I think so it's also it,
1: important for you to tell a little bit more because I think it's really fascinating that you're willing to deal with certain themes with Elise. And, w- and her backstory, which uh, games don't typically confront, which is, um, if you don't mind my spoiling, that she was, am I correct in saying she was sex trafficked?
3: Yes. Yeah. Right, right, right. So that's kind of the trauma that, um, that has drawn her to the conclusion that if you passively let evil run by you, she considers you to be evil. So that's her, one of her motivations is that, you know, this king seems to have the power to stop all evil, and he doesn't pull the trigger so she considers him to be evil, also. So there's a lot of themes in there that I wanted to um, explore because it's part of reality. I didn't want to. I wanted to make something that was going to be theologically challenging as well. Yeah, and be intentional about that. That's why it so seems the like pain. you're dealing
1: with the problem of pain and like why do why do bad things happen to good people?
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll deal with a lot of different things. Um, honestly, like I pray about. The decisions that I make probably every turn and pretty much every turn that I make in terms of the game so there's going to be things in there that I didn't know that were in there and as I'm making it <laughs> as I go along I'm like oh that's why you wanted me to put that in there I don't mean to be spooky or anything like that you know I'm not trying to say that but you know it's like when you ask out for of clarity about something in a story or the way that the narrative is written or whatever you know it'll give you these things so you don't necessarily understand why it's going there it just sounds kind of cool you know to begin with and then you later on learn that like okay once i actually unpack this um this is going to be a bigger deal than i am really assuming so there's a lot of things that are in that that i may not even myself have all the answers to which i think is an interesting thing yeah fascinating
1: michael would you mind i think this is a pretty good time for you to share would you mind sharing how you feel uh i guess share the vision of uh, Heroes of Issachar? like I w- I want to know like how do you feel like that um without spoiling too much like I said before sure. um yeah
2: yeah and I'll 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 try to be brief cuz I know <laughs> I could I could go on for quite a while about it but at the outset of the game you know at the outset of what when we decided we were going to go down this road you know the, the the first thing that we decided we were going to do is just make a make a great game and you know justin's concept that sounds awesome i mean just 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 the game itself i mean the the the, the, the way that he's going about it you know i think that's going to be the key one of the keys to setting for the christian game community i think it's going to be what what sets it apart is is not just saying okay here's a game that that a secular game that's good um, we're going to throw a, a Christian theme on it, and then that's it. I, I'm not saying we've got to come up with entirely new genres of games, but we've got to be innovating at the same time as putting the message on. If we wanna if we want to make any, you know, any any headway into this at all, yeah, so, innovation is important, right? And so that was that was the first kind of the first thing that we said was like, okay, well, you know, how are we going to make this different than anything else that's out there, and, and you know, take elements of. Of the games that we love, and, and, and put them in there, and make them mesh and all that. So, um, you know, uh, so so from from that perspective, and with, you know, I, I won't get into the actual mechanics of the game because that, that's that's all out there. You you can kind of see what what, it, what we're all about. But um, generally speaking, it, it's going to play like um, like an Elder Scrolls type of game, Oblivion, Skyrim, that kind of a thing. The added dimension is going to be that there will be these sort of um, this castle building element. Uh, a, a sort of a tug of war type of thing where you have to battle the enemy, the, the the evil enemy that's that's throughout the land, in that sort of manner. So, without going too much further into it, that that's sort of the innovation is kind of meshing those two things together. Yeah, it sounds, um, I, I really like the sound of just the,
1: the tension between um, building up a defense while also having to go out and gain resources. That that was the one thing that really caught my attention when you talked about it with Zach in a previous podcast. There's right. the tension between you're trying to build a safe place, but you also have to venture out? Right,
2: right, yeah, and and, and to give the player a feel like he is building something in the world of his own creation. Um, you know, all those games are great, and you know, like like again, like the Fallout Three and, and all those other games. Um, uh, th- those games are awesome; they're very immersive, but you know, you just never feel. I never, I never quite felt as, as invested in the in the world itself. Even though the quests were great, it was still just you know. So anyway, but so again, so that that was the idea of you know make the great game. Okay, then okay, what's our call? What what are we what are we trying to do with this? Well, we knew we did not want it to be um, a game where you are playing as it's not set in biblical times. You're not playing as biblical characters. But we did want to have the Bible in it. And so the idea in, in this game is that along with the resources that you go out and get, you are also collecting your sort of fragments of the Bible. And, and we're, we're still working through you know the, the, the ins and outs of, of the backstory with that. But that's the general idea. We're going to come up with a reason why. One of the re- one of the reasons that we that we've already kind of go through, but a reason why the, the Bible has been scattered and why why you have to go back and get it. And as you go through the game, the player is collecting these these pieces of the Bible. Now, the you know our idea here is that somebody who is not interested in Christianity can still play this game uh, and and play through the whole game and. We hope they don't ignore it, but they could just ignore that whole aspect of the game and just click through it or not, whatever, not pay attention to it. And it won't, it won't affect their gameplay at all. It, That's it's, noteworthy. That's it, a good point. It's just part of the story. So it, it would be no different than if uh, you know, if you say take a. a um, uh, Skyrim, and, you know, they've got this rich backstory with all of their gods and all this other... You know, it, it, it's sort of like that, where, yeah, it's part of the story, and you can in, immerse yourself in it if you want to, but y- if you don't know anything about it, it's not really that big of a deal. So so it's, it's, it's in, in, in sort of in that way, but for the people who are playing it, they go out, they get the scripture, they bring it back, the NPC that, that, you know, they're bringing it back to will explain it to the character, and the character themselves is not a believer. So, once again, we're not taking gamers and saying, Okay, play this game as a Christian, whether you're a Christian or not. It's you know, That's it's good. hey, here here it is. And um, as they go through the game, um, and yeah, we're still kind of working this out. But I'm more of the mindset of you know, we, we've talked about well, let's make the make the main character evolve over the course of the game to the point where at the end of the game he is a believer, and that may be the way where we go, but. I am more of a fan of saying, look, here it is. You, you want to make good decisions or bad decisions or you know, what we would see as good decisions or bad decisions. That's fine, but here's what it is. You play through it and and you know, kind of make your own decision because yeah. That's There's what some, God says. God yeah. says, "Here I am. Choose me or don't. I hope you choose me, but but it's up to you." And so yeah. I'm 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 sort of more along the lines of that where it's just let, let's just present it to him. And let them let them chew on it, because you, that, that choice when, is
1: so important for, for yeah. the, the audience, considering you know people will play games differently and have different attitudes of whether or not they are the character or not. And sometimes, right. even if they are Christian, like I'm sure I'll play the game and I'll just want to be as atheistic as possible, just because right. that's part of the, the play. Like it's part of the the, the the toy that you're playing with. You get right. to experiment with where do the parameters go and, and it, how far can they go in the other direction?
2: It, it mm. does. I, I agree with you, and that's and I I play that way too. However, of late, I, I have sort of wrestled with the question: Is it okay to play in a manner that it is not okay to act in the real world? I I don't know. I don't have the answer to it, but I do. I have asked myself the question, mm. um, which which is which is a very tricky question. If you, I mean, you know, as as we are all uh, well versed in video games, I mean. Uh, <laughs>
1: which which also means that we're usually killing things. So I think that that's an important dive, diversion. Right. Considering, well, yeah. oh, Go ahead. You had you had something you wanted to add?
2: No, no, no. You were right on the money. I mean, that, that's it. I mean, ninety five percent of the stuff we we do in video games is probably not okay in real life. So yeah. you know, it, it raises the question. I mean, I, I think in some sense, I'm like, well, it's 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 fiction and, and it's okay, and you know, but but then, I don't know. It, it it raises the question. So I. I'd love to hear your guys' perspective on it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say that uh, just real quick. Um, Yeah, like I noticed that the way I play games when I got saved, because I, I got saved in 2008. Now, like, because I said the prayer, because, you know, it's like, it's like oh, I get it now.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah.
3: You know, Holy, Holy Spirit came on me and messed me up pretty good. So, um, nice. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> I ain't been right ever since.
0: But like
3: <laughs> but um like I would play Metal Gear Solid 2 I say when I say B C Justin, I mean before Christ Justin, then I say A D Justin I mean AD after after I died to myself.
1: I know I Domini after the <laughs> Lord.
3: Yes. i concur. So um um so B C justin when you play Metal Gear games, I would shoot everything in the back of the head. Like, you know, just just, <laughs> just just go out on a murder spree, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, um, GTA, GTA runs, you know, just cause them as carnage as you possibly can and go from there, you know. But, but in AD, Justin, I know it sounds like, you know what? I don't want to kill everything all the time. And it, it changed the way that I played games and changed the type of games that I played. Like, I can't play GTA anymore. Um, when I played Metal Gear, um, this sounds ridiculous, but I beat that game with my tranquilizer gun. Oh no, that's the best way to beat it. Yeah, like, like, like I don't, I don't think about, the, I don't even think about the challenge of it. You know, I just, I just, I just straight up just. Yeah, You might try to lodge a gun, or stun them, or knock them them, or whatever it is. I love is stealth statue.
1: games because of the fact that you can play through them, almost all of them, non, non-lethally.
3: Yeah, 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 I think that's, that's really, really great, too. And So I wish I had more options like that in a lot of games, yeah. you know, but um, sometimes you, you just don't. But it is <laughs> an interesting thing that you that you brought up um, thematically in terms of, you know, like, is it okay to do this? And then it's like, well, I wouldn't do this? And then there's, um, like, Hotline Miami is a... Uh-huh is is a is a, a game that, like, from my Bible study, I have people come to my Bible study. They mean, like, on Friday nights, we have this um, uh, game night. And yeah. so we all come over, you know, and one um, well, of my friends asked me, what was you know, what's Hotline Miami? Like, I played it one time, and I was kind of like, this is just too gruesome for me. You know, I didn't, I didn't yeah. but I'm like, I'm really feeling the soundtrack. This soundtrack is freaking amazing. Oh, <laughs> my <I'm like>, God. <laughs> and um, and uh, so I started showing the guys what it was, and they started really, really, really getting into it because of the music and the, and the Twitch reaction and everything, you know, and they were rooting for me. I was yeah. kind of like, no, this is a lot of fun. But then I was kind of like, wait a minute. I am murdering everyone in this room right now, and, <laughs> and this is part of my <laughs> Bible group. It's this is weird kind of feeling, right? yeah. Like, am
0: I okay with this? <laughs> you know?
1: and, and Hotline Miami is one of those weird situations where the game does, it, it kind of both gratifies violence and also simultaneously condemns it. Which is a strange thing for a game to do, because it, it specifically tries to make things as gruesome as possible and highlights how like it's turning you into like a monster, and <laughs> right, and how right, like that's right. really not a good thing, and that this can only a- end terribly. Um, oh, right. So right. it's kind of like this this dilemma, like you know, it's the equivalent of making a uh, a game, like hypothetically making a game based on the Bible, and the whole objective is that you have to be a bastard.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great anime, by the way.
0: <laughs>
1: You're welcome, Zach. You're welcome. I mean,
0: oh, there's a fighting game based on that series. That is true. What, what's the series? Bastard. Oh, bastard! No, I, I, I didn't. <laughs> Exclamation I, I, point! I was just thinking about
1: like just the concept of. Uh, for some reason, I was just thinking about it recently. Like, what? What? How fun would it be to come up with a Bible trivia game? That was entirely about being a complete jerk to the other players because that's kind of what Bible trivia turns people into. Like naturally, like is how much better do I know the how, how much can I beat your butt into the fact that I know more about the Bible than you do. Like yeah. that's not a Christ-like attitude. Um, so, sure, sure, you might know right. more, but that 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 really doesn't actually like. So it's basically like a Bible bastard game. Like
3: it's, so so. And you start every sentence with actually.
1: Actually, <laughs> I wasn't discovered until. And I started thinking about, like, how would you turn that, how could I actually, like, just for the fun of it, just because it would be, like, the most ridiculous thing in the world, just to highlight the hypocrisy within it is to just, like, title a game, like Bible Bastard Trivia Deluxe or something. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to
2: do That, that is game. brilliant. I would People would
1: totally buy this. It's, it's, there's there's a card game out that is really noteworthy because there's a bunch of Christian Christian guys, Christian Bible, uh, Bible school nerds, who made a game uh, with cards like cards against humanity only it's based on the most awkward parts in the Bible uh mm-hmm. called a game for good Christians and the irony of of course is the fact that it's talking about like the the answer to one of the questions because it's, it's about serendipitous answers to like a general theme like the question would be like can you come what what, what do you think of when you hear the word uh welcoming or inviting and the, the one answer might be like David holding 300 foreskins.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a good answer. <laughs> See, I think I'm like a sociopath because I wouldn't be bothered at all with the answer to that question. <laughs> well, uh, and, and, and I think
1: that that's kind of the, the, the joke about it because, I mean, there are really complicated things about the scripture. But the, the main point about all of that is getting people to think about maybe the harder questions in the Bible. Which I, does not make it actually like a great game in terms of theme and something that you might want to bring to like the pot, your next church's potluck.
2: <laughs> no, but. no, I, 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 you're, you you nailed it. I mean, I, I that is some, those are things that I have considered uh, for for Heroes of Issacar is, is finding a way to answer some of the hard questions. One of the harder questions I had to deal with was was Joshua uh, slaughtering everything that. Breathe on uh, coming into the promised land, and that's a really, really important thing. Women, the- children—I mean, that is a you, that's that you're looking at the, the at some of the things that um, non-believers look at and go, "Are you kidding me?" You know, I mean, and, God is and, repulsive in right, really,
0: that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and and not not diving into it. I I don't blame them for for looking at it. I mean, like you got to be you know saying you got to be kidding. me. We have to, but, but I think it's common to just sweep that under the rug. I think that's what that card game right. is sort of pointing fun at, and rightfully so. We, we sweep the stuff under the rug where, like, no, 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 there are answers to these, to these issues. We, we, need, we need to bring it out and, and bring, bring it to light because these are, the, this, these are the things that we've got to explain to people. You know, it's not, we're not in the 50s anymore where we can pack a, a stadium full of people who all generally believe in God and generally believe in Jesus. They just don't, you know, they haven't really, like, thought about it and then be like, all right, everybody, we're on a revival now because you know Jesus. You know, that's not the world we're in anymore. We're in the we're in a, we're in a, a now. Yeah,
3: basically. we
2: are in a, in a in a basically in an in an ex Christian society now, where they're like, yeah, you know what we we're done with we're done with we you know when the Christians were, were, were in charge, like you know that we're done with that now. Um, and we've got to... Th- these are the people we've got a we've got to um put this stuff in front of
1: or at least be considered of in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, right. Right, yeah.
2: and, and recognize
1: their actual. And I think, like you, you, actually make a couple good implications by suggesting that we need to be considerate of the actual questions. Like you, you, you emphasize about the, the the genocide in in uh, the beginning of Israel's history, um, or n- whatever term you want to use that, not necessarily yeah. genocide, but yeah, um, yeah. The and and so that actually, um, if you don't mind, this is just my curiosity segueing. But um, so, why did you choose Issachar in particular? Considering for me, like. As a, as a guy who has a huge love and fascination for Jewish history in all forms, um, this, the Issachar was one of um, one of the twelve tribes of Israel, and there's right. a ton, obviously, written about them throughout the entire history of of, uh, of Israel. And uh, you know, we, when we hear of like the sons of Issachar in in like uh, the charismatic pentecostal community that thing that we all go straight to oh that's they knew the signs of the time and how to respond because that's in a random verse that we like to pull out of second chronicles (laughs) or whatever um (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but but the so so anyway the, the the question just was why why issachar
2: it was yeah it was familiar enough to to people who know but not so obvious to those who don't, I, and it's I. I just I also like the sound of it. It, it kind of flowed. So I, I yeah I, I've I've had the discussion with some people because some people don't like it. They're like, well, they weren't. That's not a good. That's that's not a good name. They they point out some stuff like they were just the the, the mules, and they, I'm like, I <laughs> get I get. it, I get it. Like, <laughs> that's it's, that? Is <laughs> the is the, the or whatever? You know, I get it. I you know, it, yeah. but um yeah, it, it's. I, I, I guess I wouldn't say it's, it's perfect for everyone, but that was it. it I, I can't say that it was, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that there was tons and tons of research and thought that went into it. No. No. <laughs> what do you, what, what's, your, what's your reaction to it? Uh, honestly. Uh, I mean, my, my reaction is
1: I want to know uh, how this time frame, this world, relates to uh, where, where everything is taking place, how it relates to the tribe of Issachar. Um, And how this intersects, um, and and basically the bridge between your world and Israel, uh, ancient Israel, like the land of what we now, what some people now call Palestine, depending upon who you talk to, you know, uh, which I believe Issachar was in the north, uh, if I'm I'm not mistaken. Um, The northern part of Israel was where their actual territory was designated. Um, And so there's this very, like, real-world grounding that you wouldn't necessarily which you obviously don't have in when you you bring up Elder Scrolls. Like, yeah, Cyrodiil is, like, a real place. um, Or Tamriel, I guess, is the the whole of the land. Um, But that has no real-world correlation. So when you speak of Issachar, there is a certain level of real-world grounding.
2: Right, and and we actually struggled with this. We started off um, thinking we were going to do a complete fantasy world, and that was that would have been my preference. But sure. some some troubles popped up with that. Namely, you know, as we're gathering scripture, um, people would necessarily ask, "Well, if if you're collect, you know, you're collecting uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, who are the Corinthians? <laughs> that doesn't <Right>. make sense." <laughs> so yeah. we so we we went back to the drawing board with it and. Um, we decided we were going to take one really specific, uh, a yeah, very narrow time and and place, and we're still working through that a little bit. Um, but in, in in actual Earth's history, somewhere um, you know in the Dark Ages or something like that, um, mm-hmm. that was sort of lost to time. And so,
1: like, and s- would you say that there's any capacity for this being something like a, a Narnia in, in the Dark Ages or something along those lines, mm-hmm. lines where? Of course, um, for those not in the know, Narnia is referenced to C.S. Lewis's choice to represent the, the spiritual realities of our world in an alternate world.
2: Right. It's possible. More likely, we are going to make it purely real world, except um, we are going to introduce the idea that the evil that they're, the people are fighting um, we're, 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 tan, were tangible evil beings. So okay. that would be the that would be the sort of the the, the kind of the creative license we're going to take with it, where um, everything else would basically be this world a, a long time ago. At some point, we're still working through that, but um, you know the, the sort of the supernatural element will be the the enemies that you fight because we're at again we we, we debated about magic itself, and, and that's yeah. that's a whole other topic. But yeah, that's a good um, question. But but are we, you we familiar decided...
1: with uh, are you familiar with the Shadowrun series by chance? Yes. Um, One thing that I I do find particularly fascinating about Shadowrun is that they basically um, interject the supposition that right around today in our our present history, um, the the meta-races, the meta-humans, which are the dwarves, etc., show up in in our world, creating an alternate timeline and an alternate future um, that that makes magic and all those things possible. And because of the great writing in it, it, it works. It just makes... And, it, and you don't have to sit and question it so much. I,
2: I and I and I, I I love that we we kick that around as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's still on the table. Um, fortunately, right now we're really working on gameplay mechanics. And so when I yeah. throw a fireball from the hero's hand, whether that's because it's magic or whether it's because he has a treated glove that can you know uh, in, in, you know inflame the air and he's you know whether how how we explain what we're doing in the game. We're still working through because of sure. all of these questions, and because we want to be, we we want to be faithful and not put out something that is going to offend the Word of God. Um, yeah. and so it sounds like it's a really good thing that you're focusing
1: on gameplay first, because uh, the most important thing right. is uh, how right. does the world work? How do you? How does it feel? Mm-hmm. Um, and exactly. uh, one of the things that Ken Levine yeah. is famous for saying is he didn't know that there would be like. Uh, luggage strewn around the place where you first show up in Rapture uh, in Bioshock, because that was something that he realized as the engine was built, as they got there, that this would be a, the best place to, tell, to to communicate that people fled this place in a hurry. Right. Um, and so once you actually have everything built out, that's when you can start telling the story with the pieces that, you, that you've already established that work as a game. And then right. the story kind of supplements and complements the pieces that already exist, and it just kind of comes together that way.
2: That's perci- yeah, that's precisely where we're, where we're going with it. So so real quick, to, so the bridge to Issachar really is this idea, you know, uh, uh, through you know throughout the game, uh, and again, while we're working on gameplay, you can't help but come up with different ideas. But there there will still be little insinuations here and there to biblical characters, and we're even going to throw different names and stuff in there, like that in there, just as a as a huh? hat tip to certain things. And that ultimately really was where, is, where we settled on Issachar was, was just that. Um, you know, it, it's not going to be any sort of direct link uh, any more than just um, it's a biblical name and we're, and we're borrowing it. And that makes sense, cause especially
1: considering you know, your name is Michael, my name is Joshua, um, and Justin, right. that's also a biblical name. I don't, is Zachary in the Bible?
0: Uh, not really. Zachariah. No, no. Yeah. Zachariah.
1: Yeah, Zachariah. sure, yeah, no, that's close enough. We'll say it is. So the point being that, like, we all have biblical names, while we have absolutely nothing, uh, right. maybe in the immediacy of things, to do with the biblical story um, and exactly. the account. But the the influence was there.
3: Of course, right. if I was really black, I'd be called Le Justina or something like that. I don't know, but uh, you know what I'm saying. Or Luana or something like that. That wouldn't have been biblical at all. I'm just, I'm just saying that would have been. That would have been Super Hood, and that's okay, though. That's okay, though.
0: <laughs> Jesus was Super Hood.
3: <laughs> he was running around with some Hood teenagers and everything. Yeah, he was
0: pretty, he was, he was. pretty
3: grimy. <laughs> if
1: you don't find me segueing a little bit, um, Zach, I have the question for you in particular. Have you ever considered making any games?
0: Uh, I have considered making a lot of things, but I don't think I have a good enough concept or anything of that sort to really pursue it. Nor am I really interested in learning about programming and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, that's the thing that intimidates me. I have, I have game design documents and things thought out, and I've been uh, just a little bit of a backstory for me. I've wanted to be a game designer since I was nine years old, and I couldn't stop drawing my own creations of video game characters. Um, and I, I just life and you know, things in the way, I, I still create. I'm, a, I'm a, a graphic designer and a multimedia designer in a lot of ways. Um, but I, I still have not actually made a game, not even a Twine game or a, something in RPG Maker yet. And I'm still right now. I'm trying to learn how to use RPG Maker to flesh out um, a, a game design that I have in in, in pitch form. It's um, mm-hmm. kind of kind of uh, slightly testimonial and slightly like supernatural. Um, and for me personally, I just have the, the the attitude that sometimes the best way to tell the story, uh, to tell the gospel, or to share to share. A spiritual perspective um, is just to invite people into your story um, and that's mm-hmm. for me like I, I can't like I'm always coming to that same verse it's the, the most loud verse in, in revelations to me is um, they were saved by the the word of their testimony and the blood of the land
2: mm-hmm. I'm yes
1: that. Um, but the, the point being like our testimony the how we the how we relate to Jesus not just the moment that we come to him but how that relates to everything that we do in life um Sometimes the best part of, is, is the best way to introduce people, I, I, I prefer, if I'm going to share any kind of message, it's come over to my house, have some food, have some snacks, and we're going to play video games together, and that's what I do for GameCell, and I hope that people don't mind if I share how that relates to scripture, or how that relates to my, me in, in personal storytelling, or, or whatever, and I, but I, I realize that most importantly, I need to listen to other people first. mm and so that's that's just a, a little bit of a, a, a I hate to use the word preview because I don't even have anything any assets created let alone like a promise of actually making something. I realize that I suck at making things, or or, or a better way of putting it is I I would much rather have made something than actually make it.
0: <laughs> if that makes sense.
1: Yeah.
0: It is <laughs> like the actual work
1: be. of building. Like I hate building. I like coming up with ideas, and I realize that. You can't just come up with ideas if you're not willing to do the hard work of building.
3: Yeah, yeah. Or at least pay, pay a contractor, you know. <laughs> Someone used to, to make a game called Tim um, God and make it like Dynasty Warriors. He's, the same, he's a dude in, I think he's in Kings, where he like, took out like 1,000 people with his scythe. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 when it's talking about David's Mighty Men. and That's uh a- mm-hmm. <laughs> an I think I it was a, a, an ox plow or something like that. And took down <laughs> mm-hmm. took down six hundred ox goad. I think it's or is that yeah. judges?
0: Um,
1: so, yeah, so that that would be that would be actually a really fitting use yeah, yeah, of a Bible story. And
0: <laughs> in judges, it's Shamgar. He uses an ox goad to kill like six hundred people.
1: Okay, I'm mixing things up now, but yeah,
0: or maybe you know, maybe there are two stories, and I'm missing this.
1: I mean, it's or you could just make go the easy road and just pick Samson and how he how he took oh, out due to the, the donkey's job. But that's an obvious yeah. choice. It's a little too obvious. I'd that's rather it. go for how he tra- tell the story of how he caught six or uh, three hundred foxes and tie their tails together to destroy the the Philistine economy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Samson's a video game all by himself. Oh, yeah.
0: He is.
3: <laughs> he really is. Like, I, I really like Officer's Wrath. I'm like, that's Samson right there. <laughs> that's
1: actually pretty accurate. Samson's story is probably the hardest to see Jesus in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think there are a lot of stories that it's quote-unquote hard to see Jesus in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, it's it's there. It's, it's definitely there. It's just you might have to have a really strong interpretive lens. Some really interesting hermeneutics.
3: <laughs> yeah, I would just I would just put it like it shows his strength, you know, in terms of the power of God in general and how you know that can be muzzled for in, in a merciful way. Because it's kind of like you know you don't appreciate God's mercy until number one you. Your sins revealed number two, seeing the fact that he can rip off your head like a lion, um, <laughs> you know what I'm
0: saying yeah <laughs>
1: so
3: he's like yeah. Boy, he pulled, and like you know like super kill cool. you with his bare hands if you wanted to, just just by association with his with his spirit, you know it's it's a pretty fierce thing, you really kind of think about it, so i I kinda look at I want to look at it like that that's really <laughs> like good with his bare hands, but he doesn't
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> he chooses he chooses mercy and grace. That's, that's, yeah. And that's a really good illustration of that, of that you know, that he, he could, but he completely chooses to show up in a completely different way. Right. Um, right. If you guys, if, um, I think that's actually a pretty good wrap-up to the, the subject in general, but I think that a great way to close it is for people who are listening, um, who are interested in game design, have always had that, I, I believe that God's called me to the world of game design, and I don't know what the next step is. What would your advice to them be?
2: My, my advice would be to, to dive into something, do something and, and not think about whether it's going to be something that you sell or that it's even going to be good, but do something, get it, get started. And, and if you don't think you can do it, you're wrong. You can. Um, and, and you know, my, I picked it up after many years of not programming and in a, really, really short period of time, I was able to get up to speed, and now um, I'm able to do almost all of it by myself, but um, look for the tools that suit you. If, if, if you're just starting out, 2D tools are out there. You can get started on that. Um, there are free, uh, Unity is free, and, it's, and uh, it's, it's a 3D tool that you can get into, and there are tutorials all over the place. You what know, are some of so,
1: the 2D tools that you would recommend for people who are looking? Um,
2: <clears throat> the one that I started on was Corona, now oh, yeah. I don't know what their licenses are like anymore. I because I, 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 I haven't used it in a while, but that's what I started with because it was it uses Lua as a programming language, which is very friendly to beginners. So, um, can you spell that for me? I'm not familiar with that that program. Cor- uh, Corona is C O R O N A, and the programming language is Lua L U A. Cool. That's where that's when I got back into it that's that's where I started, and look for the tutorials that are out there and um, just keep trying to make little things and you know pick small little projects that you can begin and complete so that you get you know kind of gain some confidence and understand uh, you know what what the possibilities are. Don't go into it thinking that it's going to be a career, not, at least not at first, you know, that I, I, I sort of had that illusion that, you know, I've, I've been an attorney for the last 10 years, and I thought, all right, I'm just going to start making games, and I can quit being a lawyer, and this is going to be great, and <laughs> but, <laughs> like, but, but even, even sillier, though, even sillier before that, before I actually dove in and got behind the keyboard, I thought, well, I've got all these awesome ideas. I'm just going to find someone that will do it. I'll partner up with somebody that knows how to program and they'll take my awesome ideas and we're going to go and we're going to be on our way. That is not Double going to false. happen. Double false. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's really,
1: that, really, really important advice.
2: That, yeah. That, that is not going to happen. Um, you get, you've got to get behind the key. Even if at some point that, that does happen, you have to know what's going on. You've got to get into the guts of it and have to be able to do it. And So um, that that long-winded answer, that would be my advice. Yeah, no, that's really, really good. Start making something. Start making
1: working on making games. Pick up a free tool. And uh, don't think that you're going to be a master overnight. Cool. Exactly. How about you,
3: Justin? If you want to get into game development, um, if you like sports, you can talk about sports. If you like... History, you talk about history. If you like Christ, you talk about Christ. And just having that come out naturally, creatively. Mm. You know? That's so much, yeah, you know, absolutely. What, what, what do people want and what do people do i <clears throat> and everything. Oh, make the game that you want to talk about, you want to be. Make it excellent. Uh, do your research. Um, go on to gameofsutra.com. Uh, uh, they have a lot of developers that are on that website. They'll tell you about things like cognitive flow and other kinds of principles in terms of game theory and things like that. Um, um, it's a pretty good interactive um, community as well. Watch indie movie. Um, the um, no, Watch Andy indie movie, the movie. <laughs> indie, indie game, the movie. <laughs> right, Indie game, the movie. That's it, that's it. That's yeah.
0: Indie game, the movie, my bad. Learn from Phil Fish. Yes, <laughs> yeah.
1: And Justin, you also don't, don't say... Don't be
0: him. Yeah, don't <laughs> be <laughs> Phil Fish.
1: Um, yeah, but, Justin, you, yes. you are a part of the Kentucky, uh, Lexington game dev community or something like that? Would you recommend being a part of game de- a game developer community like that, or is, is that something that's a big part for you?
3: No, that's not really a big part for me. I mean, it's it's good moral support, and I completely 100% love those guns, and they're awesome and everything, you know, but I'm so, I'm so much of a hermit that I don't utilize them like I should. They could turn out to be one of the best, say- best things I could possibly be around, you know, but um, I would say yes. From, even though I'm not doing it a lot right now because I'm such a hermit, I mm. would strongly encourage you to be part of the game uh, development community because it's going to encourage you, it's going to refine you, it's going to give you more resources, it's going to give you more context, it's going to do a lot of things for you that you want to that mm. you don't have to necessarily find out on your own. Um, mm. So, so definitely do that. Um, and I and, that's what, and with the context contextualize things. I would say you know watch. Uh, ending in the movie because I want you to see this is the endurance stuff you know yeah, um, yeah. Um, be, be be able to endure um, what you're going to have to go through just in terms of you know if you're married for example you might have your back turned to your wife you know way more than she is wanting you know um i mean that's not to, not to neglect your wife you don't i'm not saying to do that by saying that that may be a reality where you got to sacrifice some things in order to make it happen certainly have to sacrifice things in order to gain something yeah so, that's that's uh,
1: really good if, uh, if and also emphasizing that it's going to be really it's going to be much harder than you expect it to be
3: yes much much harder and i thought it was important too um what you said about um I'm going to get someone behind me. We're going to do this and that. I've been looking for someone to help me. Um I have uh, a guy named Andy Smith and he does my audio. Um he's in Canada and because of uh he saw the article that Joshua uh posted on Lips of Birds and uh that was a huge blessing and everything, you know, but other than oh, that Oh, that's
1: awesome. I didn't even realize that you made that connection.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was been amazing. So, um thank you very much for posting that, uh, mm-hmm, Josh boy. And uh, so <laughs> uh, he's doing a really nice job too. And that was pretty amazing. But uh, really other than that though, I mean, when you're thinking of your game, prototype it first, make, a, make circles and blocks as your graphics, prototype that thing, refine that prototype before you get into anything else. So that you have a scale about what your game's going to be like, all that stuff. Because if you don't, and you try to get into something that's crazy, like a long RPG or something like that, you know, you're not going to be ready for that for your first game. You know, yeah. I'm ridiculous. This is, like, this is technically my second game, but I just love RPGs so much I just do them anyway, and I have the patience to do it, but not yeah. everyone has that kind of patience. I do know that.
1: Yeah, that's that's just a long-form way of going about it. And when you, yeah. when you talk about RPGs, you're talking about the necessity of, of detailed artwork. And when you have a prototype, you can design the game, but if you put all your artwork in place, then you have to design around your artwork, and that's not the right way to design anything.
3: Right, 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 right. Exactly, exactly. So just get in mind the top of the scale that people that you want to do, because that's going to require um, a certain degree of people in order to do those things. So it's kind of like if you want to start a rock band, you can't just go up there by yourself and play guitar. <laughs> you know, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, if you want to do like something that's more um, uh, electronic or whatever you know, you can do that by yourself. But you want to start a rock band, you need your guitarist, you need your bassist, you need your drummer, you need all those things. So some games require that in terms of that kind of thing. And even if you can do those things by yourself, for example, like I can make music, I can draw, I can write. And I could program, so I'm doing everything essentially by myself for this doggone project. You know, I have, I've had to, I had to do like five, six hundred uh, pictures that I got color now, so that I that I personally drew and everything. So it's a nightmare in a lot of different ways, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, um, but um, just because you can doesn't mean that you should.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. so,
3: so much um, once again, knowing what you're getting into. Um,
1: Cl- clarity of
2: scope.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one of my biggest things. So. other than that though um have fun and just create and and,
2: um and that's what i was gonna it should be fun i mean it it it, it will be hard but even even the hardest things there should still be that element of fun and and you know an enjoyment in it um still having joy in it yeah joy exactly you may not be happy about everything that happens but there'll still be a joy that you're making a game um if that's not there then just don't do it. It's it, it's because it's you. You'll be wasting your time because it'll never come out good, and uh, you know the the perspective that you that that it that it gives you for games will will change. Um, yeah. And and you know, I, I, I'm Justin. I'm sure you're the same. Well, I mean, I don't look at games anywhere anywhere like I used to um they're still fun but i'm, I'm I, I don't don't look at them the same way i'm constantly looking and trying to like look under the hood at them rather than right. you know <laughs> just just simply play and i'm like oh look what they did with this texture and oh yeah i, want, yeah, I know how they did that yeah that kind of stuff and i wouldn't have done that it was just, exactly exactly <laughs> yeah exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now i'm happy I'm, I'm happy because i'm happy to have had that change because I'm, I'm making games but if i was miserable making games or it wasn't any fun i'd be kind of Doubly unhappy that now my whole perspective on games is, it would have changed. So, yeah, um, yeah. and yeah. and I
3: think so too. Um, it's very important. Also, is to um, do it because you're passionate about it. I, I don't think enough can be said about if you're passionate about something. If you're passionate about something, you can endure all those things. Right? It's kind of, you know, like if um, uh, you be an attorney, you know you're talking about. Um, uh, you have to have some passion in order to go through school to actually make that happen. Otherwise, you go through it halfway was mm-hmm. like, what well as you could and then you possibly drop out and then you're like 50k in the hole for, you know, <laughs> for student loans and everything you know it's kind of like I just completely actually wasted my time I wish I wish, I
2: wish it was 50k <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well but by the time you stopped it was, was one. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. um, no
2: you're right you're right
3: but definitely do it because you absolutely are passionate about it and you will endure that um and that's kind of the message of Christ anyway it's like I don't Passion want your endurance. yeah yeah I don't want your religion I want you and I want us to be I want you to be passionate about who you're serving which is me and I want you to see me and I want you to be happy to serve me even though there're situations that are going to be pretty rough you know but I want you to be happy and, and and joyful in doing that because of what it is that you're doing so I think that same attitude is said otherwise it's going to turn out like games, Christian games, that just aren't very good. It's like a quick cash-in or something mm. that is more based off of, I want to get a message to the young people, you, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and there's, no, there's no passion for the industry or the media that they're actually creating in, so therefore you can tell clearly that there is no passion behind that, and that's what comes up with the um, Mediocre product is either um, just doing it for business or just doing it uh, to Easter young the kids. Yeah, that that yeah.
2: that's a that's a great point. That would be one piece of advice: is is don't think about what you think would be a good idea. Think about what you need right now, or somebody that that's close to you needs right now. Not you know, because because what you'll do is if you go to somebody and you say you got an idea, and you say, oh hey, you know, do you think this is a good idea? Whatever it may be, it doesn't even have to be a game. It could be anything. Um, you could give someone ten ideas, and they'd probably all say, oh well, yeah, that's a that's a good idea, you know, but. Not, they're not going to you know get invested in all 10 of them you know or, or maybe any of them it, the the question to ask is what right now is an immediate need and if and if you can find that then you've got something if you can find something you're passionate about in in that instant not oh you know it it'd be great to you know throw a christian theme on super mario brothers like yeah, well yeah does anybody really want that <laughs> I, I don't you know <laughs> That's
1: excellent. That's excellent, guys. Um, the emphasis on passion. I want to know when I'm going to be able to play your guys' games. Um, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: I, know, I, I, know, I know you do, too. Never. Um, but uh, is, there, is there any kind of vague, vague date out in the distance that looks like it's a potential for you guys?
0: I'd say the Blizzard release date, when it's done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I have to agree with that one, right?
2: I, I thought the Blizzard release date was in a year, but actually four. <laughs> um I I'll, I'll I'll lead off. Um I am I am hoping that by the end of 2014 we'll be done, but I don't think it's going to happen. And and really it, it's it really is when it's done. I mean, it, we're we're shooting for a pretty big scope with this. Um we may scale it back depending, but um we will be doing um we will be giving out alpha releases as we go. Um, we've, I've, I've gone back and forth on how much transparency I want to do on the game. We started out thinking it was going to be a lot. And now I've actually scaled that back and think I, I'll probably have a very like close knit group that I'll, I'll bring along for the ride. Um, yeah. like all of our Kickstarter backers, close um, data. uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, so with that in mind, um, you know you can you can hop on board and, and you know sort of join us in, in the development process in that manner. Um, but as far as the final product goes, technically we're shooting for the end of 2014. But I'd be I will be very surprised if we hit it, and we won't release it just to hit the day, hit the mark. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're, we're in no rush. Um, th- this is not a project that I'm banking on you know money from, or it, it, it's nothing like that. So, really, the pressure is totally off in terms of uh, of a release date.
1: That's awesome. So, if someone wanted to follow your project, where would they go?
2: Um, right now, the best place would be our Steam Greenlight page. So, if you go to Steam Greenlight and, and check out Heroes of Issachar, um, then that would be where we're going to be, that, that's sort of going to be our central hub. Um, if you haven't voted for us, please do. Um, hopefully, it's a yes. Um, but... Um, but we'll 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 be there, and then from there we'll be linking to our IndDB page where um, whatever alpha releases we're going to share with the public, which we'll, there'll be some of those as well. Um, we'll post them there. <clears throat> but awesome. again, the, the Steam Greenlight page is where we'll link that. And right now we we we've, we've been sort of back in the dungeon working on the game, so we haven't. I've been I've been. chatting with some people but we haven't posted screenshots or videos or anything like that but we have a lot of new stuff that we're going to be posting relatively soon we're shooting for the end of the month and so we're we're pretty excited about being able to show some folks um where we where we've come because even from what we've got on the green light page i think we've made some pretty big strides so um so i'm pretty excited about that awesome yeah i just made you a favorite (laughs) thank
1: you (laughs) How about you, Justin? When uh, what what are we expecting for release?
3: It's this is vaporware, man. Let's just, let's just call it. This is vaporware. <laughs> this is going to be vaporware. I mean, give I mean, he mean, does even want to say that they needed a hip hop Christian turn based RPG, RPG on a PC? No, they didn't. I just I just, I just quit. I just, I'm just going. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. And it's all your fault, Zach. I just need to say, you. And you'll do quite nicely, sir. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, about, about, basically about the same time frame um, I'm thinking by the end of the year Lord willing um, Probably not going to hit that either Because I'm all by myself so, uh, Is your wife still helping you with the project by the way? My wife hates me because of the project <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs>
0: Things are going very bad <laughs>
3: no, <laughs> um, she she has um, basically almost she's pretty much contributed to, uh, to as much as she ha- uh, has in the, in the past which is just she, to make the monsters but the monsters are pretty much done so um, that's all that she uh, had to go on what well, I need more than anything else right now are colorists you know so so contact um, who
0: contact oh, Josh John. or Justin or Michael and then send them to Justin <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's the main thing. I need is if if I can get some colorists in here, then that would actually speed things up. Um, and for people
1: who are listening, how would they get a hold of you if they would like to color for you?
3: You can reach me at um, no room at gmail dot com. That's not all, all one, one, one word. Um, no room fox at gmail dot com. Um, but I'm thinking about the end of the year, and uh, but I should have a demo. um an alpha demo number two out soon i'd say very soon very very soon i'm i'm closing in and i'm refining things and everything it should be about maybe a couple of hours of gameplay um in terms of the story and everything and um so it's not so it's not gonna be a vertical slice it's gonna be a full um uh chunk of the game to the first boss fight because the, be- the boss is almost like Mega Man, but you know but on steroids so you can kind of go to any boss that you need to go to, you know, but it's just that you're probably going to get your hands dealt, um, dealt to you because, um, they're overpowered this in terms of that. So you had to kind of earn there. the right stuff yeah. in order to, um, to actually earn the right power in order to uh, defeat some of those bosses. So it's kind of like that, um, structure-wise. But anyway, um, cool. You can, um, get the information at either uh, release dot com. That's r e e l i s e dot com com or um, we also have a Facebook page, too. This is Released on Facebook. Um, I, gi- I give kind of live updates on um, on the Facebook page, so I always kind of you know come in and say, this is what's going on today, and either complain or say something happy or cheerful um, throughout that um, on the Facebook page. But those are two main places that you can go to really um, get some details about, about the project and everything. Ooh, so. And that
1: Facebook is facebook.com slash... R-E-E-L-I-S-E game. Yeah, three release yeah. game. Yeah. Yes, three e's
0: depending. Yes,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two e's after the R. Another yeah. R- another e before game.
3: <laughs> all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So oh, sorry, no, that's that's, that's, um, that's all the that's awesome. all the content. And what, was, what was what was I going to say? something else I needed to add. Uh, it was actually kind of important,
0: uh, and it remember. has been forgotten.
3: <laughs> it's, it's in the dust. It's in the dust. So. Justin is um, going to add his
1: extra thoughts in the show notes, and I think that calls it a show.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think we could call that a show. Wrap <laughs> us up, Zach? Yes. Thank you for listening to the Theology Gaming Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, go to theologygaming.com. If you want to listen to more of our stuff, subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating if you liked it. Don't give us any rating at all. If you didn't, I really don't want to know. <laughs> but if you, have <laughs> a, if you have any questions, contact us at questions at theologygaming.com or visit our forum on the Christian Geek Central forums at christiangeekcentral.com. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and thanks to our special guests. You have all been quite good. <laughs> Not quite excellent, though. how Harambe. I, I, thought,
1: I thought that Justin and Michael were excellent. I thought I was just okay.
0: Yeah, And I was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. mm, Josh, your name is mm, Joshua
3: and that just qualifies you for awesome right there. Mm, Joshua.
0: <laughs> all right. Everybody say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Right,
2: thanks guys. for having me.
0: Deuces, nerves.